0: mountain-moving faith today, because it's in the Bible. So we want to be stirred and moved by the Scriptures, the Word of God, rather than just by our feelings, our uh, emotions that we might have, the different thinking that we have. Lord, I, I even pray as we begin this time that you touch our minds today that you open our eyes to the reality of your word, the truth of your word, and that your word is absolute, it's final, because you've spoken it and you're unchanging. When you tell us something, you mean it. And really, the only thing that ever changes your mind is a heart of repentance or prayer. When we ask for you to do something, we've seen it in the scriptures where God says, if you'll turn, I'll turn from what I'm going to do. And we we've, we've see that, but we know that your word is solid, it's true, and it's based upon reality. So that even when you relent, you do it on the basis of your word. You say, if we'll repent and turn to you, then you'll you'll change your heart. So thanks for that and for being so good. Just open this word to us and let us receive strongly today in Jesus strong name or well, we're going to go to mark chapter 11 we're talking about mountain moving faith and Jesus is the one who talks about it so should be real should be true should be factual and so we want to figure out what it is so in uh Mark chapter 11, Jesus, at the beginning of it, he walks in, he goes into Jerusalem. Remember when he has his triumphal entry, goes on the donkey, goes in. Then he comes out and it says, uh, verse 12, it says, Now the next day, when they had left Bethany, Jesus became hungry. And seeing at a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if perhaps he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples were listening. Then it says he goes in and cleanses the temple. And what happens is that the next day, is where we're going to pick up. So he cleanses the temple. But the next day, it says, as they were passing by in the morning, in verse 20, it says, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Now Jesus spoke to this fig tree. It's in bloom, you know, it has the leaves, it has all the stuff that it's supposed to have, except for the fruit, but it says it wasn't the season of fruit. We're not going to really get into the fullness of why he's trying to curse this and those things because of what we're talking about. So when these guys saw the fig tree, it was withered from the roots up. When Jesus cursed it, the roots died. And from the roots up, (laughs) one ringy-dingy, you know. These things happen nowadays, don't they? But it says in verse 21, Being reminded, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. And this verse 22 and 23 are what we're going to focus on. He says, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Okay? Therefore, I say to you, all things which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. And we're going to stop right there. So we're going to really focus on these two verses. Let me read it again just so that we get it into our mind what we're going to do. So this is, again, this is Jesus talking. In verse 22, he says, have faith in God. He's changing kind of the subject, isn't he? He curses this fig tree, and now it seems like he's talking about prayer and faith and speaking to mountains, speaking to the terrible things that are blocking our way. And so he says, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whatever you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. So I thought, since we're talking about mountain-moving faith, it might be very important for us to talk about faith for a minute, what it exactly is, because I think there's some misrepresentations of faith that people have in their minds, and even things that are taught that I don't believe are truly based on faith, and aren't a true description of faith. And so I always love to talk about these things so we can figure out what they are, and then we're going to look at what a mountain is. So we're going to start with faith, and and there's four things I want to talk to us about faith for sure. So first of all, faith is in a person. Faith is not just a belief that we have about something. It's faith in a person. Faith is always relational. Because you can't have faith in just a principle in and in just something that's that doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't exist in reality. It's based on a person. And I was thinking about this uh, remember how Abraham, where God told Abraham he's going to have a child, and it says, "Abraham believed the Lord in Genesis 15:6. It says, "He believed in the Lord, and God reckoned it unto him as righteousness." So everything about faith is is belief. That's one of the huge things that, that faith is, is believing in the person who said what they said. You can have faith in God. I can have uh, faith in my wife. I can trust her and believe in her and know that we have a relationship. So you can have faith in a lot of things, but when we're talking about mountain-moving faith, it's faith that's looks to God it's based on who he is and what he's said so there's this idea of belief and we're not going to go there but in Romans 4 the whole chapter really talks about this and actually quotes this scripture Paul's telling us you know because there were some of these guys that remember they wanted to to believe in the law and that the law was the thing that made them holy but he says he starts his argument and he goes how about Abraham Was Abraham um, righteous because he was circumcised or was he righteous before he was circumcised? Then he said this scripture and he said that, that what happens is Abraham believed before he was circumcised and when he believed then God counted it as righteousness. Then he goes on to say when Abraham was circumcised it wasn't what saved him. It was a seal to his faith. And so he says Abraham was a believer when he was uncircumcised so that the truth goes out to everyone and it's all based on faith. And he says we're justified by faith. Faith is always from the very beginning. Belief in the Lord, belief in what God has said, belief in in response to him is what brings salvation and what brings life it's faith in god and so that's what jesus starts he says have faith in god have faith in god because it's that relationship that we have so the other aspect of faith is trust when we have faith we believe what a person says but we also trust in them see faith is kind of like one of those diamonds you know you can just spin it around and it it's all one diamond but there's different Beautiful things that come out of it, and radiances that come, so trust is another aspect because i I um, believe God I can trust him in what He says, because he 's faithful, because he 's unchangeable, because he's good, and so I can trust, and then the other aspect of it is confidence. So we we believe God, we trust in Him. So then we have confidence that what He says is true, and so then that does something on the inside of us. We have confidence to step out, and I think this is a good thing. You know, when when we were singing the sailing song, and Jerry came up and said, you know, some of us have to put sails up, and you know, the sails might be up in a lot of different areas, but there might be new things God's calling you to, and He's just asking, let the sails go up. Begin to step out, begin to believe, begin to do the things that I'm asking you to do. Have confidence in me and have confidence in my word. And so that's really what, what begins to, to make us step out. God's God's the one that we, we uh, have faith in. And then the fourth area, when we start talking about faith, faith is always action. Faith isn't just a belief in our head. Faith isn't just something that, that we understand and, and agree with, and so then that's good. Faith always requires action. And so if we truly believe what the Word of God says and and what God speaks to us, then that means we have to step out. We actually have to, to make a choice. But if if we have a belief in the Lord, we're trusting in Him, we know He's good, and we have confidence in Him, then we can begin to step out. And a lot of times when we step out, there might be feelings of fear. Feelings of fear don't have to stop us. It's not being faithless if we are fearful and stepping forward and doing what the Lord speaks. It's never to, you know, anytime we think we have to be just totally, you know, over the top and, you know, I'm, that, that's not how generally it works. It sometimes works the opposite is we're fearful because we're worried about ourselves and what's going to happen and all these kind of things. But because you said it, Lord, I'm going to come. I'm going to, I'm going to just step out of the boat like Peter, you know. It, he said, if, if it's you, have me come. And he said, come. He didn't just jump out of the boat. He Oh, there's Jesus. I'm going to just jump out of the boat and walk in the water. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And when he said, come, he stepped out. And so he trusted what he said. And what happened is when he went partial way, he started to doubt and he began to sink. But the good thing is he still cried out. He still cried out to Jesus. He said, Lord, help. Lord, help. He, he stepped out and even in the midst of what seemed like a failure, which uh, it, it's really amazing, it, in one way it is, but in another way it's not even close. Who else has walked on water? You know? Truly walked on water. We see these magician guys do it, but they set things up. It's all set up. But he actually physically walked on water. And in the midst of an incredible storm that was swamping a boat. So come on, give him him some credit, you know. So he trusted and he stepped out. And even the great thing is, is if we step out with fearful feelings and we find ourselves in the midst of difficulties and trials, we still can cry out to the Lord and he'll come. And so we have to have to get this in our heart that faith is in a person. Faith is relational. It's always relational. Everything about God is based on relationship. It's not ever just based on rules and regulations. It's based on a relationship. So when we trust God, we believe Him and have confidence, we can step out and begin to do the things that He wants us to do. And it's always, you know, new things are always a challenge. New things are always, you kind of wonder how things are going to go. New things are, you know, yeah. What, what stories we have for new things. New things. The short version of the story that I, I'm going to tell you right now is, is uh, first time I ever prophesied, I was scared, spitless, and I stood up and I did it. And then I sat down, and a guy from the back of the church says, Could you repeat that? <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I'm serious. I thought I was going to die. I just I was going to start crying. And the pastor saw me because I was going, what did you do? And I'm just, you know, because I wanted to do everything just right. And and the pastor could see I was just getting ready to start bawling. He goes, don't worry, just say it the best you can. And so I stood up and I said it again. And then I sat down. But then I kept going and doing it over and over again. Can you imagine? That was like woo, freaky weird Uh, Excuse me, I didn't hear that. Oh, come on! Uh, So that's why I say, say everything loud enough for people to hear if you're going to say it. (laughs) That's just hilarious. So, have faith in God. So we have faith in God, but just knowing there's a God, that doesn't really give us a foundation for many of the things that we have to believe because there's this second aspect that faith is a promise based on a promise from God. So faith is based on a promise from God. Not only who God is, but we have to hear Him speak. We have to hear His promise. We have to do these things. So, you know, this is where sometimes... Um, our culture and even even like the New Age things and even some Christians say faith is us making up what we want to see. I believe that I'm going to be this. I believe I'm going to be that. And what they do is they make it up on their own. But true faith comes from the promises of God, the things that God has spoken. It never comes from us. He says he gives us the desires of our heart. Of course, if they line up with what he's up to, You know, that's where we have to get our hearts to line up with him. But just us coming up with a plan and an idea and saying, God bless this, and and I'm going to be this, and I'm going to be that, and we step out and we do that, that's not necessarily faith in what God has said because God is the one who has to give us promises. And everything's based upon a promise. It says that he's given all these precious promises. You've heard that verse a million times from me. Uh, the precious promises that God has that he's given everything for life and godliness everything's based upon the promises I was doing some research on something else and I I ran across this interesting uh, statistic it's estimated that there are 30,000 promises in the Bible 30,000 that's enough for 82 a day Of course, not every promise is directed to us. Some promises were spoken to specific people. you know. But if you think about it, there's promises. I love this quote from John Bunyan. You remember John Bunyan? He was the guy who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Well, he was one who was arrested multiple times. He's kind of like the Apostle Paul. He got arrested for his faith and all these kind of things, and he wrote all this stuff while he was in prison. And he says this, The pathway of life is strewn so thickly with the promises of God that it's impossible to take one step without treading upon one of them. That's kind of a cool picture, isn't it? He's talking about, you know, like in his Pilgrim's Progress, he's showing how we walk and the things that we come in contact with and get, get us off the trail and all the different things and how we walk and get rid of our burdens and how we do all these things. And then he's just thinking, you know, you can't even take a step without running into one of God's precious promises. And so I thought that was pretty good. So faith is based upon the promise of God. And why is that so important? Because, again, God doesn't lie, and when he speaks to us, he gives us this, these promises, and they're precious, and they're wonderful. So that really becomes an important thing about faith, is we don't make up what we want. We say yes to the Lord. Now, the Lord speaks through his word, we know that, but the Lord also speaks through He can speak through it prophetically. He can speak to us in prayer. He can speak to us in multitude of different ways. You know, there's many different ways that He can speak to us. And when it's truly Him, we can count on that. Now, you know, you guys know this stuff. It's it's so easy to understand. The Bible tells us that we need to test every word. So if a prophet comes up and says, Jerry, you're going to China, you know, that's where you're going. We got to test that, and make sure it's from the Lord. Or if He says, you know, if someone says, "God told me you're going to give me a thousand bucks," well, good, good for you, right? <laughs> he didn't tell me, so uh, people do these things though, and we have to know that we have to test the Word to make sure it's from the Lord, because sometimes what can happen is we can misunderstand or misinterpret, misinterpret timing. There's so many different ways that that we can misunderstand things. And, you know, we have some classic things in the Scripture that talk about that, like Abraham's a perfect example. He thought, well, God said, I'm going to have a child. And so then, you know, Sarah said, I think I'm too old. Just, you know, go into Hagar and have your child that way, have your heir that way. It'll come out of your body. And But God said, no, it's going to come out of Sarah. And, of course, when they were both beyond the age God touched them and they were able to have have those children. But he was thinking, well this isn't working out the way I think it is. We better do something about it. So anyway, we gotta understand what what the promise is from God and grab hold of it. And so the third thing about faith is faith is given by God. This is one that really lets us, lets us rest, you know. Because a lot of times we think, I've got I to gotta do something to create faith. But listen to what it says in Romans 12.3. So it uh, remember what Romans 12.1 and 2 is. It's talking about being a living sacrifice, having your mind renewed. And then in verse 3, it says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. It says that God is the one who has allotted us faith. God's the one who has given us a measure of faith, each and every person. And so some will say, well, you know, I got, I got a thimbleful, and, you know, he, he got a semi-truck load and, and he got an ocean load and, you know, those kind of things. We can think that. I'm not even thinking it's talking about God's given us various measures of faith. He's given all of us a measure of faith. It's there and it's available. And it's not the size of our faith, I think, that that... Moves mountains, and we'll see that as we talk about what moving mountains is. But there's this whole thing that that um, that uh, God has allotted each a measure of faith, and so there's some things I want to say about faith. First of all, we can't produce faith. I don't think we can just say, "Oh, I'm going to have faith today," and then it's there. Faith is in God. Faith is in His promises. It's something that comes from us. We can't just generate it. It's not something that we turn off and on. It's something that's either there, and it's already there, but we have to activate it. Like it says, you know, that we have to open our sails, and we have to believe. I don't think we can work it up. You know, it's like, okay, all right, let's 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 just rev things up and get, get really super excited, because then that means we have faith. I don't think we can do that either. And we can't just do it. You know, if we could just do stuff, wouldn't that be easy? If had to move mountain, okay, boop, get out of here, right? It just doesn't pop in. It's something that's already there, and we have to, to have to work on it. So it's not something that we do. It goes beyond just our thought and our speech. It's really an issue of the heart. It is an issue of the heart because it, it's with our heart that we believe. Our heart is what believes, not our mind, believe it or not. And, and our thoughts come out of our heart. Scripture tells us that. I don't have time to get into all that, so you'll have to trust me on that one. But let's talk about this. So faith is an issue of the heart. It really, truly is. So true faith is not just thoughts and those things. You know, have you ever done this? You can confess yourself till you're blue in the face but it doesn't mean something's going to happen. Because you can say words and not believe them. You can say words and have doubts. You can do things, but not really actually be moving in faith. And faith's not, again, based on feelings, because we can have fear and move forward in faith because we're saying, I'm not going to listen to my fears. I'm going to believe you, Lord, and so I'm stepping out. But when I'm talking about about this kind of thing, We can say whatever we want. But unless we truly believe it, it's not going to happen. So, I think that's good enough illustration, right? I don't need to try to come up with something. Uh, Romans chapter 10, 8 through 10, talks about faith and belief and We can look at this, we're jumping in in the middle of a conversation like we always do, but it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, it's in your mouth and in your heart. The word is near you, it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we're preaching that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, doesn't say believe in your mind, believe in your heart, which is the very core of your being, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's what he says, For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So our belief comes from our heart, and when we have it in our heart, man, have you ever had those times where you sense God said something to you and you just knew it and that was it? It was done, it was finished, you didn't struggle with it, you didn't fight, you didn't have any troubles, just you just knew. And boy, that helps a lot. It's just wonderful. It just is is a great way to do it. But it's, it's an issue of our heart, and we believe in the heart. Faith comes from our heart. And that's why Scripture tells us to guard our heart and keep it. Because from it flow the issues of life. And there, our hearts are something where faith is. So now we're getting what faith is. Faith is in a person, it's in a promise. Faith is given to us from God, so it's not something that we have to self-generate. It's something that we just rest in, believe, and step into. And then also that faith is an issue of the heart. That's where it really is. So it's not just our mind, it's our heart. So if we know what faith is, then what's a mountain? Let's go there. What's a mountain? Well, a mountain um, is something strong and immovable that stands in the way of God's promises. So like in the Jewish mindset, mountains are huge, right? They're huge. They're just massive. And, you know, you have little mountains, but even those are pretty massive. Try moving one. You try moving a rock, I mean, get a big rock, you can't budge that thing. It's talking about mountains, and we have huge mountains. So there's different sized mountains all over the place. And mountains depict something that's strong, something that's immovable, something that, that's in the way. And in the Jewish mindset, it, they use that as just, a, you know, like a, a picture of problems, the problems that are facing us, anything that doesn't line up with what God has for our life, anything that doesn't line up with the truth of his word, these are mountains and they're in the way and they're standing there. And so some of the mountains I was thinking of is like sickness and demonic oppression, ungodly beliefs, relational difficulties, bondages, emotional struggles, poverty, all the different things that, that God wants. He, he said, be fruitful and multiply. So those things that are standing in the way of us being fruitful and multiplying, those are the things that, that are mountains in our lives. And so Jesus says something very interesting. And if you we usually think of prayer in this way, right? God, do something. But here's what he says. This is Jesus again saying this. He says, speak to your mountain, that you need to speak to the mountain. So a lot of times we're talking to God about stuff when he's telling us to speak to the mountain. Well, you know, when we do that, when we think that, that's the weirdest thing in the world. You're just talking to a problem. You're talking to a situation. Like when we pray for the sick. A lot of times we're talking to the condition. We're commanding a sickness to leave the body. We're commanding a spirit to leave if it's a demonic thing. And it seems so weird because we're talking to something that we can't really see. That's not like a real thing in our mind. and so, But we're speaking to it. And the first few times you start doing that, it seems kind of strange. But what, the, what he's, Jesus is saying is that you speak You speak, and you do it. You command the mountain to move. And if you believe in your heart and don't doubt, you'll have what you say. And so he says, speak. I was thinking about this, is a lot of times we we look at situations. See, when we have mountain-moving faith, our faith does not depend upon having a faith bigger than the mountain but a faith in a God who's bigger than the mountain. That's a big difference. Every mountain I face is pretty big and is pretty overwhelming, and and especially when you think about helping people with, you know, you're praying for sickness or you're commanding sickness to leave. That's beyond my capabilities. You know, I'm sure I could be a doctor, become a doctor, and learn how to help people that way. But you know what? Even doctors are limited and they know it. They can't save people. They can't bring total healing to people because it happens all the time. They lose patience and it's sad and it's sorrowful. But there's this idea of of us turning to God and asking Him to do it. I'm going to say that one more time. When we have mountain-moving faith, our faith does not depend upon having faith bigger than the mountain, but faith in God who is bigger than the mountain. And I I just want to say, we're going to go and look at another dif- verse that talks about moving mountains. And this one deals with, remember that story about the man who came to the disciples? So Jesus is up on the mountain of Transfiguration with Peter James and john they 're up there and they're starting to come down the mountain and when they come down from from the mountain here 's all this crowd going around his disciples and they're, they the guy said, "I have this son, he falls down he says he casts himself into the water he he casts himself into fire, he foams at the mouth, he goes rigid and stiff, and he has all these problems. And he said, I brought my son to your disciples to tell them to cast out the, the demon, but they could not do it. And then Jesus just goes, oh, you unbelieving generation. How long am I going to be with you? And he's saying, man, this, this, this is just based on unbelief and those kind of things. And so, so then, of course, he begins to talk to the father and as he talks to the Father, the son falls down on the ground, begins to manifest, and he's foaming at the mouth, and Jesus commands the spirits to come out of his life, and, and they they come out, and it's like he was dead. And then he said, no, nah, he's not dead, and pick him up, and then he was fine, and he was totally healed. So then the disciples come, and they ask him, why? Why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we cast him out? And you just did and so here's what Jesus said, and this one is in Matthew chapter 17, verses 19 and 20. So we're jumping in at the end of that story. So Matthew 17:19 and 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. This seems contradictory to me. He says, because of the littleness of your faith. Because of the littleness of your faith. Then he says, if you have faith, faith the size of a mustard seed which is very tiny there it's very very tiny i think if i was holding it up here you could barely see it that's how small it is he says because your faith is so little if you only had faith the size of a mustard seed it's just like jesus you're blowing my brains out here like what what are you talking about you know, do I, I? He says you don't have to have great faith to move mountains. You don't have to have massive faith to move mountains. And so, I was thinking about this too. Is a lot of times what happens is when we look at our mountain and, it, and what was the mountain to them in this situation? When he's talking about mountains, was that demonic kid? That kid who was demonized and and you know if he did anything like he did with Jesus. Have you ever done that? All of a sudden something's happening and oh, you know, somebody starts convulsing on the floor, we freak out, right? We get all excited, we look at the situation, we look at the mountain and our faith just sh- shrinks down and their little faith which was basically no faith at that point was unable to cast that demon out, but Jesus it just seems like he never got intimidated by stuff that happened. He just said, "Guy's falling on the ground, rolling around, doing stuff," and he's going, "How long has this been going on?" He's talking to the dad. He's not even—I mean, he's concerned about him, but you know what I'm saying. He's not. Oh, oh. He's saying, "How long has this been going?" Oh, since he was a child. And then they go through the story and they talk a little bit and Jesus talks to the Father and the Father says, help my unbelief, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and there's this struggle going on with the Father and Jesus says, you know, just believe and then casts the demon out and his son's healed. So he was, he was not like drawn by the outward things that were going on. He just understood that and, and dealt with it. And so sometimes I think the mountain shrinks our faith. But Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, now come on. You have faith the size of a mustard seed in a mountain moving God. You have faith the size of a mustard seed in the one who can do the work. It's not our power. He's given us power and authority over all the works of the enemy. But he doesn't give us power to move mountains by ourselves. He gives us authority to speak to mountains, and he moves them. He's the mountain mover. And all we have to have is faith the size of a mustard seed. That's why a lot of times, you know, oh, I just don't have enough faith. You, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, sand of this mountain, be removed. And then it says, he says, if you believe in your heart, it's going to happen. If you believe what you say is going to happen, then he says, you'll have what you ask for. Now again, a lot of times, we can pray for things. We can struggle with unbelief or doubt. You know unbelief is a pretty harsh word. It's more doubt in you know in in our hearts as believers we're not see unbelief is just saying, forget you, I'm not believing this junk. this is garbage, you know, but doubt is oh, you know and and how do we doubt sometimes we doubt like well, God, I know you do this for others, but will you do it for me? We kind of feel insignificant, so we question God whether he wants to really do something for us or or if we can do it. Oh, God, do I really have, have the ability? Or, you know, I feel kind of foolish speaking to my mountain and those kind of things. And God's just saying, you know, if you speak to this mountain, based on the promises that I've given you. And again, it's always based on our relationship and the promises with God. If you'll speak to this mountain and truly believe in your heart, then you will have what you ask for. And I want to say this too, is there's no time frame on that. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it takes time. But if we believe... You know, you just think of some of the promises that God's given you and you know them and they take years to come about. But He's faithful and that's why we can trust Him. And so I want to encourage us to have a mountain moving faith, just even the size of a mustard seed in the God who can move mountains. So Lord, we just ask for Your hand to be strong to move in us, And that, Lord, we would, just in whatever areas you ask us, we'd set our sails and catch the wind. All we do is set the sail. You're the one who blows the wind. You're the one who moves it. So all we have to do, again, is respond in faith. We set up our sails, and you draw us into the fullness of what you have. So, Lord, we want to believe We want to be ones with mountain-moving faith that can look at a situation, understand what you're saying about it, and then speak to that mountain and have it move. So we thank you, God, for your work in our hearts. We thank you for the word of truth. This is what you spoke. This is what you said. So let it be in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.